0: Welcome to the podcast.
1: Before we get started on today's podcast, let me tell you how to get in touch with us. You can subscribe to our YouTube at First Comes Love. You can also reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok, First Comes Love TCM. You can also give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 412-568-3763. That's 412-LOVE-POD. And lastly, you can send us an email. Let's talk at First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage.com. Mommy and Daddy, sitting in the Tree, K I S I L V. First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage, Then Comes Baby and the Marriage. Wonderful. Hey, y'all, welcome to First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage podcast. My name is Lindsay Jackson. And I'm
2: Aaron Jackson.
1: And we are so honored to have our guest, our friend Pastor Jordan Allen, here with us. Let's um, let's start by talking about who he is to us.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Pastor Jordan, I've ooh, my family known Pastor Jordan forever. Uh, he baptized me. Come on. He he baptized me and he buried my grandmother. Come so on. He, he's. Come he, on. He's he almost you. like the, yeah the uh the alpha he married my he sister. Married sister
1: come
2: on uh what else uh cool. he he has <laughs> done so much he's like always he's always there it's almost like Morgan Freeman <laughs> <laughs> right
3: I should have his <laughs> flow so, this money you rest of that stuff too uh,
2: and also he did the video for our wedding yes. he was the video uh, he was a videographer for our wedding which is great because we as smart people do, had a video person and a photographer, because if you have the same person doing both, you're not going to get all the shots that you want. So, uh, he, he did our, our videos. He's been, uh, an advisor and a friend of my, of my father. He's always there to talk to me when I was in youth church and I was a youth leader. He was there, uh, helping, uh, Davin and being a guide for Davin Baptiste, who was my mentor. And uh, I just appreciate him, and he also is the head of. I don't know if you are you the head of uh, the congregational of
3: the care. The department is congregational care, which are my primary duties are marriage preparation and bereavement.
2: Mm. Yes.
3: And oh, in Diamond, you know, Yesterday was David's birthday. Yes. yes.
2: Yes, it was. It was his birthday. I talked to the old man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: why we have you on this show and we're so excited because you have the wisdom and experience to share with us about premarital counseling and so i just want to start with like what is premarital counseling and what's what is it good for what is it about
3: well quite honestly at faithful central we are unabashedly pro-marriage okay Yes. yes and we've developed this this class of marriage preparation Years, it's over 27 years old okay. we've, we've done that primarily uh to help couples get a firm understanding and, and foundation for the marriage that they're trying to build now that said every couple that comes to marriage preparation is not suitable for being, being married or yeah. it's not suitable to be married to each other i'll put it that way too <laughs> so, we're not trying to discourage anybody we want to make sure everybody understands and marriage is it's a you guys have been married for a while. Marriage is a full time job. Yes, you change mm-hmm. your careers, you change your, your your living space, and all that stuff. Yes. But your marriage is an like organism that is constantly growing and moving along with you. And it takes into consideration the children you have, the families that you have, all of the stuff that goes on in both of your families, and all of that stuff. So that's why we are very high on this. Oddly enough, you could, if we're doing this at, a, at an interesting time, we're mm-hmm. just starting. A brand new curriculum for marriage preparation that will be mm-hmm. going to effect with the first class in January. I don't know if you guys remember Dr. Erica Holmes. No. She's the head of the counseling department now. Okay. She was, she was doing uh, some other stuff when Dr. Polite was there, but she's been ahead since he's been gone. And she's written this new book, Bishop is very high on. And uh, we're starting with the first class the second week in January okay a new curriculum
1: so let's talk about that because you say curriculum like there's a structure to what you discuss like maybe there's there's questions being asked and answered or what are you asking of the couples that come
3: normally we have three classes a year january i think the end of april and then the end of july we do that because years ago we used to have four classes a year and it was burning up the uh, burning out rather the uh, mentors so okay. we do that so they have the whole holiday season off oh, thanks okay but this, the, the way it has, it has been structured is that we want again we want people to understand what they're getting into you know um, we, how can I say this the right way Jesus we don't want you to get into marriage for all the wrong reasons Okay, and I'll tell them, oh I, I do the orientation. I do orientation for all of the classes. And one of the things I tell them in the orientation is this, you give this class two or three weeks, maybe three weeks, okay? You'll come up with one of three different answers. Number one, yes, I'm ready to get married. Number two, I don't think I'm really ready to get married yet. Or the worst one is number three. I'm ready to get married, just not the person I came to this class with. You see, and so what happens, that doesn't mean they can't be friends, but it would be a bad mix, a bad match. Because mm-hmm. when they go through the class, then we have, its like I said, it's going to be restructured now. But at the end, we do, I do the exit interviews with all of them. And I get assessments from the marriage mentors that have been teaching them and guiding them and mentoring them. And they make an assessment uh, as to the readiness for the couple to get married. From their perspective okay and I'm not saying they're always 100% right because I have to go over there and I, I go through and ask certain questions to make sure we're all on the same page but as long as we've been doing this I'm going to say oh god about two-thirds or so of the couples maybe maybe closer to 70% uh, actually end up getting married okay. now, 30% end up not getting married for, for a variety of reasons okay but of that 70% that gets married, probably 25% of them shouldn't be getting married.
0: Mm. Wow.
3: And they get married for why? Why do they get married? Glad you asked that question. Number one, here's the biggest thing. I'm not going to be embarrassed by uh or calling off this wedding. I've sent out all these invitations. Right. Mm. My response to them is this. Well, how come you won't be, disp- uh, you won't be uh, uh, bent out of shape? when You come to us 18 months down the road talking about getting a divorce. Huh. You know? That's a very real situation. Or here's another one. Oh, God. Here's another one. Uh, I spent too much money on this thing.
1: Oof. Yes.
3: So what we through this, you, know, you remember my son, Carlton? Yes. Carlton was engaged to be married a few years before he got Yes, there. to Ebony. Yes, 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 yes. 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 <laughs> Well, I, I can tell you certain stuff about that. A Certain stuff I'm not going to tell you. No, okay. But it end up. He called, they were getting married in August remember, of that particular year, and he was head over heels in love with Ebony.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He talked about it. He had his car. He had a motorcycle. He had not even planned, He was moving to New York. He invited to have a lunch with you guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Cause at the time he was working for the Apple store and he, they found out there's a, I think there's an Apple store in Manhattan that's open oh, yeah. You can, you can 24. Yeah, 24
2: hours, open 24
3: hours. Yeah, yeah. He, so he had, and he was working in the Manhattan Beach store here. So he would have made all the contacts. He called me about February. Cause we had had this big dinner at his mom's house with me and his mom and the two of them and her parents. Okay. It was wonderful. It was lots of love and happiness and all that stuff. But he called me in like February, into February he said, Damn, Something is not quite right here,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and I said, "What do you mean? Something's not like quite right." The wedding's in August. I was so excited. I had it was going to be married at some winery down in Temecula. Yeah. I I already made my reservation. I was going to stay there for four days. I wasn't going to be bothered. It was just giving me an excuse to get away. <laughs> <laughs> and so he tells me this. And I'm saying, "Well, you know, you gotta, you guys gotta, whatever it is, you gotta talk." He wouldn't tell me what it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And they had paid all this money. He had bought the ring. She had bought the dress, all of the, the deposits down for the re repass and all of that stuff. You know? He calls me about the middle of July. No, the end, of June, end of June. He said, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. He said, we could get married today or this month, or next month, rather, and we'd be divorced within four years. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. He sighed.
3: Yeah, and there was, I'm not going to tell you the reasons why, but legitimate reasons from his perspective, she probably still to this day doesn't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He actually had a conversation with her, but he was hurt going through this. He was in love with her, okay? Mm-hmm. They were kid dates at 14, man. Yeah. You guys probably don't know this. You know, he wrote, he didn't wrote a poem to her about her. He wrote a book of poetry.
1: He wrote still, me poems.
3: <laughs> I have no. a book of them. I, I even designed the cover for them. I still have on two computers, you know? Oh, yes. It's wow. yes. so for fun. I'm saying to myself, how in the world can a 14-year-old have these kind of feelings? It was freaking me out. <laughs> I am always joking. I said, man, this is just puppy love. You know what Carlton always says? That puppies need love, too. I said, oh. <laughs> wow. He was ready. He did. He went to all of that. And so then... He had to tell her. And the wedding was called off. I mean, There's a lot of drama in the middle of all of it. I'm not even gonna share that with you. But bottom line is he was destroyed because he had sold his car and sold his motorcycle. Wow. He had driving her car that she left in LA at her mom's house in mm-hmm. preparation to move it to New York. Wow. well he had to it took him a year to get his head back together, man. Mm-hmm. And then I guess about seven, 15, 18 months after all of that, he went to a party out from San Fernando Valley. And he ran into some friends of his. He had gone to school at the University of Arizona. And one of the young ladies there, he had met his, I guess, his sophomore year. In fact, they graduated in, oh God, what was it, 2000? I can't remember. Anyway. But they ran into each other. They had known each other. They were friends while they were in college. And they started talking and hanging out. There was a group of them who the out together. The next thing, they got a little uh, uh, friendly with each other, okay? And uh, they've been married 10 years now. Mm. They have a uh, daughter who will be six in uh, December December 20th, and they have a little son. they will be two in February. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, and we go through all of that stuff, and we go the the people, the the, uh, couples go through the classes, okay? And they learn a lot of stuff. One of the premier uh, uh, focuses is oneness. We have to develop oneness. Because that way you, you be there for each other. Because you know what scripture says? People always they laugh at the scripture that says wives obey your husbands, no, wives submit to your husband? Mm-hmm. And like I'm like, Bishop, they skipped the verse before that which says submitting yourselves one to the other. In right. other words, your marriage is a co-leadership. I know you got the cool beard and all that stuff, but you're not the big head of this household. <laughs> you, you both are the heads of the household, okay? and a lot of us men especially we me, don't understand what being head of the household really means the head of the household does not mean that you're the master of the plantation amen amen it means that you literally translate it's supposed to mean that you're the spiritual leader in your home
0: mm-hmm. and
3: if there's any problems in the home i don't care what it is or how it's evidence if the wife goes half crazy it's on you to correct all of that stuff mm. is,
0: i'm
3: giving you Previews of coming attractions here. Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's, that's
3: what you great. have to do. That's what it is. Yeah. And you guys, whatever you do, you have to do it as a team. Okay, yeah. you have to do it as a team. And if you don't, the marriage is doomed. You hear all the time about people that have been married twenty years or twenty five years, and they get divorced. It's like, how can you be married that long go to I've seen that a million times. And the normal answer is, well, we just uh, we we lost. We lost track of each other. We, we, you know, we we've been together all this time, and uh, I don't know. We just we just fell apart. But mm. well, that tells me that they were never totally apart together at the beginning. Because mm. usually, and that's some, especially when the husband, when the wife, let me put it this way: when the wife is a is a stay at home mom and takes care of the house, takes care of the children, and the husband, and all the rest of the stuff, which women don't get enough credit for. That that's another whole subject. Okay. But what happens, the husband is out there doing whatever he's doing. And for whatever reason, he gets distracted or whatever. He says, Well, we know it just, it, it, we, we we fell out of love with each other. No, you never put in the proper work to build that solid foundation with each other. There should never be any surprises with each other. Now, right. you guys married. How long have you guys been married now? Eight years. Eight years. Eight. I guarantee you, when the day you got married in Pasadena, when your mother wore that peach-colored dress, okay. <laughs> from that day you got married till now, you know her a lot better than you knew her eight years ago. You know him a lot better than you knew him eight years ago.
1: Yes. yes.
3: Here's a secret. You still have a lot more to learn about each other because you how old are you guys now? 35. Oh, Jesus. I have clothes older than you guys, man. <laughs> But you're going to learn, the more you go in this this world, you learn more and more about each other. You think you know a lot about, you know everything about each other. You know most of what you need to know. But you're going to constantly be learning new stuff, especially if you learn how to keep your marriage fresh, how to keep Mm -hmm. your relationship fresh.
1: Can you give us some specific signs that you see or that the mentors see that will say like this is maybe they're not the right ones for each other or they are the right ones like what do you what do you look for
3: one of the telltale signs for uh, a relationship heading to chaos
1: mm.
3: if they don't get along well in the class mm.
1: <laughs> just, mm. just in front of people period
3: <laughs> oh yeah then, don't have no respect for them in front of anybody and we've seen that happen a lot it's like mm. that's crazy Or it could be, if they are, I'll use this term loosely, if they are unequally yoked. But that could be a lot of- That was
2: gonna be one of my questions. That'll be a lot of
3: things, a lot of, we had a lady and her um, fiance go to the class, it's gotta be five, six years ago now. And they went to the class, they loved the class. I see them in church every two weeks, because a lot of people don't see everybody every week. Mm -hmm. And when they got ready to get married, uh, she was in the class with Pastor George, too. So she called him to ask him to perform the ceremony. He said, We finished very quickly. Sure, I've been mean, one happy to. Him? then we found out, as Paul Harvey would say, then you find out the rest of the story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because he wouldn't do it. And she came to me, and I found out this is what it was they love each other. I don't doubt that they love each other. She was a longsta- relatively long standing member at Faithful Central. He was a long standing member at his church. Except his church was a Muslim mosque.
2: Mm. Okay.
3: I'm not talking nation of Islam Muslims. Oh. I'm talking about the Muslim Muslims, okay?
2: Yeah, like in Dubai. And
3: that means that they are unequally yoked. They have different, totally different belief systems. Okay. i never forget, we were in the forum, and Bishop had Tony Muhammad come, and just to introduce him, Bishop like to be in front of everybody, right? And so he said, and Muhammad says, may may I pray for you? He said, sure. He did this wonderful prayer. See, if you've never heard prayer kind of anybody preach, they're tremendous warriors and preachers, okay? When he finished the prayer, he said, and I say these things in the name of Moses, amen. And everybody said, (laughs) (laughs) because it's different. (laughs) I'm not even trying to say it's better or worse. It's just different. Another telltale sign, and you find this out through conversations in small groups and all that stuff stuff. If for whatever reason he feels like he is superior to her, or she feels like she is superior to him. She, mm-hmm. I had a wedding I did years ago. The woman was an attorney. She had eight bridesmaids. This was that first church, as a matter of fact, is where the wedding was. She had eight bridesmaids, they were all attorneys. Mm. The guy she married was like six four, six five, Very handsome guy. Had beautiful tuxedo and all that stuff. I find out after the wedding, okay, that um, he we worked in trash disposal for, this, for the city of Los Angeles. City job. I a little missing, little, little, little whispers. I wasn't paying too much attention that day. The wedding was out in San Pedro. They ended up, it didn't work. Because mm. she just knew in her heart, in her spirit, that she was superior to him. Now, my question to her would have been, why did you even entertain getting married to this guy? Because when she came to him and said, we're going to get married, it's just, well, what did I do? I didn't do anything. She said, I know you didn't. You wouldn't understand. This. but That was the reason why. Mm. They were just on totally different planes. Now, the other side of it is, some of the good things that happen, you know that they're gonna make do well. If they have great banter they, and they they appreciate each other verbally and non-verbally, you know, they got a great shot at doing this, you know. It's like you can't stay mad at somebody that you're really in love with. Right. Like I have a I have this. Barbara and I were married 35 and a half years before she passed away, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The first, oh, 10 years was um, first 10 years was a journey. What a word. I I like how you found the word. You said, where is the word? One of the challenges that we had, and I I try to pay attention to this when I'm talking to couples, we were both the eldest child in our respective families. That's Mm -hmm. important. What birth order? That's important, but you have two heads. Exactly, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And so we both were actually secondary parents to our brothers and sisters. Mm. So we wouldn't and it all started and ended with us. And even more so with Barbara. Barbara wasn't even raised by her mother. She was raised by her aunt and uncle. She came back to live with her mother. I think She was about 15 or something like that. And when she was going to high school and all that stuff. And uh, she ended up, because her mother was, uh, what kind of word can I use here? Wonderful woman, okay? She was a little worldly, shall we say. Back okay. In the day. That's why the, her, her, her aunt and Uncle raised her. But her mother came on Christ. She was a major proponent of the gospel and all that stuff all the rest of her life. And um, it's just it was it was a situation where Barbara had to be in charge of everything. Being the minister of music at Faithful Central, that was a designated calling for her because that was her mentality. She was always in charge. She learned how to tamper that a little bit as she went through life. So she could work with anybody. Okay, but like for Easter services, okay? That was her idea to put all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. Right, the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah people so didn't understand that. All... Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I used to look at her. I used to look at her and I was like, wow, how did I get this? after this after the first 10 years, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> I, the first 10 years I was I was filled with stuff like this. Barbara, stop directing me. I'm not a member of your choir. anymore.
0: Mm.
3: You know, you don't have to direct me. And she would say, tch. and I was like, tch. that ain't going to work with me. And it was like, tch, 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 for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then it came to me one day, what am I trying to change or make a change? Well, she was, in, in a sense, she was almost perfect being as she was. She was she was blowing in her gifts and all of that stuff, and it made me appreciate her even more so. Okay, and so we went through all of that, man, and like I felt so blessed. And for the last what twenty years almost over twenty years, yeah, it was just it was just fantastic, you know. I uh, okay. but she got she got Jesus. She was diagnosed about a month to the day after we married her sister, Yvette. Until she died of lung cancer, okay? And almost a month to the day, we found out not only that she had cancer, but she was already at stage four. Mm. And so I'm saying, this doesn't happen to us, this happens to other people. Mm. So we go through this, she's going to the doctor all the time. doctor, she happened to get a doctor in UCLA, and we're living in New Orleans. So the the first we went along, I had to go, I had to drive with not her, drive, I had to drive her sometimes, right. sometimes twice, sometimes three times a week. Right. To, to uh westwood but i was i had to do that because that's my wife i had to do that you know And she was going through all these changes man I, this, is, this is a little idiosyncrasy of mine. i hate touching people's feet
0: mm. okay that's
3: interesting idiosyncrasy of me okay but when she was sick like that she needed to soak her feet and have them rub and lotion down it would give her so much uh um uh and she, she would feel great, she oh, good physical, so much comfort. Exactly, that's what I'm for. And so I said, this is this is what I have to do. Every night, I, when she was at home, I'd get home from work. She would eat, yeah, I said, Does it, you want me to run the water? I'd run the water, put the tub down there and turn it on. And when she finished, i lotion her down and, and massage her feet and stuff. And it made her feel better. And I gave you that example. When she had her knees, you probably were guys were of kids, when she had her knees both replaced. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, that was the first time I ever had to change somebody's bed plan. Mm. That was an experience. I'm saying, giving all these little crazy things for this reason. When you get married and you say those vows, the vows are just not something perfunctory that's out there, you know. Those vows mean stuff. You're making actually a covenant with each other, and you're promising God that you're going to keep that covenant. Right. Okay? And when it gets to the vows, where it says, uh, in sickness and in health for richer or for poor those are not jokes that's real stuff right and If you don't ever if you don't have a sponsor, you don't know what's going to happen next month or next <laughs> year anything can happen to either of you and so mm-hmm. that means the other one has got to step up and deal with it and I had found myself doing that and it was like on the one hand it was a chore but it was a chore that I enveloped and I got pleasure out of serving my wife that way you
2: know I was thinking, do you think that's one of the reasons being equally yoked is so important when it comes to marriage? Because when the hard times come, it's like, what is the foundation that exactly. a person leads on? So that's probably exactly right.
3: See what okay. happens? A lot of people don't think about this. You bring it up to some very, very wise man you have, you know, <laughs> this is what happens, okay? You, you go through life. And the good times, they take care of themselves. Everybody's fun and happy and you have a great time. You are going great places and all this stuff. But the true test of your marriage is how well you deal with and navigate through the rough times in your life. It could be anything. It could be death of a family member. It could be anything, loss of a job, anything like that. That's the true test of your marriage. Because you, you supposedly have been preparing for all of this stuff in sickness and in health for richer or for poor. I keep bringing those up. But you have to learn how to navigate through that stuff because it's tough. It's so tough. It's been four years. As of the eighth of November. it was four years ago she passed away. Mm -hmm. It's going to sound strange to some people, but I have that whole funeral on this computer that I'm looking at. I have it on my computer at the office because I'm at home right now. Okay? And I watch that service almost once a month Mm.
0: because
3: it was a great testament to her and her legacy and her life. Beautiful. It was a wonderful service. I just enjoyed it.
1: You know, it was a beautiful service.
3: But at the same time, I'm still, it just, you know, I don't break into tears too much anymore. But I have, you know, those pictures. Were you guys at the service?
1: Yes. I see one. 30, oh, she was.
3: You made those big 36 by 48 pictures with one on each side of the casket. Mm-hmm. I have both. I have two. I had two more made. I have one, both of them in my office. And the one with her little, no, living over her shoulder, smiling, that's my favorite picture of her. Mm-hmm. I've on my wall in my little apartment because I sold the house. I got a little apartment up. But I have that in my office and I get comfort out of seeing her watching me as I'm working, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, when you have these new couples, they're bright eyed and they're very excited. Hopefully, I don't know how many couples come unwillingly to premarital counseling, but hopefully they're excited, right? And <laughs> they want to be there. Right. What do you tell them to encourage them to understand the gravity of marriage, but then not to, like, um, scare, them scare them, not to be too daunting at right. the same
3: I time? You don't want to scare them at all. But what here's one of the things that has happened. We watch this year over year over year. At this stage of what we're doing in Marriage Trip is it's like totally. we had the same curriculum. That's one of the reasons why we need new curriculum. Mm-hmm. But over half the couples are already living together. Mm. over half of them
1: that's where it is now yeah not only that
3: but old, many of them not only are living together they have kids or kids have kids or kids okay. so then
1: what do you what's the curriculum now because that's it's still different...
3: the same you still have to deal with them but we just can't we can't tell them like we used to do 30 years ago you need to move out right right so <laughs> right i had a couple in an exit interview i'll never forget this as long as i live one of the questions i used to ask the couples when i first sit down okay why did why did you want to get married no, no. Why did you? Wait a minute, wait a, why did I put the question? The question. Why you want to why get Why did married? you come to this class? Okay. Okay. I learned years ago you ask a question and just shut up and let them talk. The guy looks at me and said, I can't. I didn't, no, I see, no, I said, why do you want to get married? That's what it was. He says, I don't want to get married. I came to this class because she wanted me to. And she looked I, at him like, And I'm saying to myself, they have no clue, either one of them. I said, really? So then I—I I, I don't know why the God Lord asked, gave me this question. I said, "What kind of work do you do, man?" He says, "Oh, I'm just like my daddy. I'm a hustler." I said, "Okay." He was working for TSA at LAX, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They broke up ten days after that meeting. That was the end of it. She did not have yeah. any idea that this man really did, was not really there for her. He was mm. there for himself.
1: Mm. But they were living together. Living together and already had established. So that's a lot of times, most of the times, before people get engaged, they will already be living together. At least if now, they, hey, that's the life, the society we have. That's, right. Now. right. Yeah. It's, it's
2: almost like a they they see it as a another step in their relationship, almost. Right. Okay. Right. And
1: the last step would almost be premarital counseling. Right. So when do you think is a good time to actually come? Is it just right before
3: marriage? Yeah. We tell people, and we tell them this all the time. Some of them listen to them. Many of them don't. Okay. We we suggest that you come to premarital counseling before you even get engaged. Right. You Mm -hmm. get in there because then you'll find out, really find out if you're really ready to be married. Or like I said, are you ready to be ready to be with? Okay. And we suggest that. Because I use counseling as an example. You don't want to go out and spend $23,000 and lost it. Okay. Yeah. Do your due diligence. Be there for one another. I know, there's no doubt that you love one another, or at least you say you love one another. Okay, right. but you need to find out the particulars about each other. Because I tell, I tell them this story. you got to, and I, I make a joke out of it, but this is real. When you guys get married, make sure you get an apartment or a house that has at least two bathrooms. Well, why is that? I said, some of you brothers have no idea that your wife or your, I said, you don't even think they even use the bathroom.
2: Man, you should've, man, I should've got that advice. We, we,
3: we say that, I say that all
2: the time. I'm like, cause we have, we have one bedroom, one bathroom. Na- one bathroom yeah. And, uh, our next place i was like we have to at least have two bathrooms and our sinks and have one to of them is gonna sinks. have two sinks it has to have two sinks,
1: hair <laughs> oh, things that happen in the bathroom but these that are is, things um... that you find out if you're living together and so uh-huh. if you're not living together then you're you're opening up a whole new window when you do get married which you know is okay
3: that is very true. You make sure you have a, a, at least a two month supply of air freshener <laughs> when you live together, you know, when you, when you live. because so this is different. I know guys, I know women, I know some women, Uh-oh. that their husband has never seen them without makeup on.
1: Right. Mm. Well that, okay. Let's, shift, exactly. Let's shift to um, honesty. Cause I know that this is a big topic for how you're going to go forward if you're gonna get married. So, like, um, sometimes women will play these games and they won't reveal everything. So they're not being dishonest, but they're not sharing everything. Does this come up in the sessions? Like, okay, we're going to we're going to ask questions. We're going to say, how do you feel about kids? How do you feel about my mother? What do you think about whatever the topics are? Um, And then how can you gauge if. The couples are being honest, or if they're not, because and- they
2: might just want to be saying what you want to hear right. to pass the class, Or
3: well, if like, they don't like, pass, <laughs> like I, I like to say this: a lot of times you get these relationships you started, and you don't meet your fiance, you meet their representative.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: they're out and talk. You don't find out. You can't. That's why I, it amazes me. I find people. We had a couple that got met. They they met each other. And they decided they would want to go to marriage prep. They had known each other a month. They started marriage prep. They got married a week after marriage prep. Wow!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You
3: gotta be kidding. Me. They said, knew, they... I'm like, wow, that's deep. I said, "This, the chances of this relationship working is Uh-oh. very small." I said, "But hey, it's your life. You have to deal with this." Mm-hmm. And there won't be letters after a Bishop, letter. You know, we we want, we want to do this. this is our decision. Hey, a year and a half later, <laughs> gone. Mm. Because they didn't know each other.
2: They didn't know each other. They
3: mm. just didn't know each other. You have to learn and know each other. It takes a long time. And like what I say, you get to know their representative. You can put up a front for so long. Right.
1: I'm no. Gonna, Aaron I'm, says eight months. He
2: gives my, it- my my timeline is eight months. I f- I feel like a man could put on a good front for a good eight months without cracks, without the cracks. But after eight months, he gets kind of comfortable, and some cracks come in. But a good eight months. I don't, uh, like, I have nieces now and they have boyfriends mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, and, you know, me and Lindsay been together. I was, what, 14, 15 and yeah. I was in love. And so they're like, oh, I have this boyfriend. I'm in love with him and stuff. And I'm like, how long have you been together? And they're like, oh, yeah, we've been together for like three months. And I'm like, okay, well, tell co- come back to me in five months <laughs> <Right>. because, <laughs> I, you know,
3: it, it, I need seasons. Right. I, I need to... <laughs> When you tell them that, they don't really understand that when you're telling it to them. Right. They feel of like you're not. trying to tell them how to run their life. You're trying to help them not make some mistakes that a lot of people do when they don't fully vet each other, if you want to look at that. The vetting right. process.
1: Right. And so, okay, I think I just kind of want to understand the end process to the premarital counseling and then like going forward so you have this exit interview and you can make the suggestion like hey we've had how many sessions with like 10 sessions would you say Uh,
3: well it's 12 it's going down to 10 now but it it was 12.
1: okay we've had sessions with mentors other couples you've seen them evaluated you know that sort of thing and then you make your suggestion whether or not they can they should if you will, right. or they might just need more time together. Not that they obviously shouldn't be together, but that they might need more counseling or I don't know what you would say, but then what happens next, would you say? Well, wanted-
3: when When they finish the, what we call small groups, the end of the counseling, okay, the counselors do an assessment on the couple. And they have three different boxes, one of three boxes they can check. Number one, ready for marriage, or married for wedding, for marriage blessing. Two, Ready for marriage, but need to improve in this, 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 and this. Like what? That's what could be uh, communication? Could be uh, the, the way the way he talks, the way, the way he treats, the way the way she discounts him. We mm-hmm. have to put that stuff together. Okay? okay. The last one is not ready for marriage, and we'll list all of the reasons why we don't think that they're ready for marriage. And okay. we'll be honest with them, you know, because when I let them know, when you go to this class, there's no pass or fail. You get a, uh-huh. season, you get a completion. Okay, oh. you've the class, but you will know when we let you know. You will know that we believe that you can make it. We believe you're going to make it, or we believe you're definitely
2: not going to
0: make
2: it. Wow! So that brings up a question uh, of, for me, of the rebels, because I know that some people are rebellious and they'll they'll take the not ready for marriage as a uh, as like a galvanizing cause, like we're about to show. Yeah. Well, we're well, about so to show write? y'all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does that happen enough? Or how is that conversation when you're, you're, you're doing the assessment to them and you're looking at them and they're just not receiving the information? Because I mean, probably one of the reasons they're not ready for marriage is because they, they're not willing to <laughs> receive information. Well, so see, how what, is that conversation?
3: One of the things that happens, one of a couple of things that happen. Number one, uh, when you tell them that one of two things is going to happen, they will say, oh, wow, okay. Didn't they
1: didn't know, right? Didn't think about that.
3: And now mm-hmm. it's laid out to us. They talked to us about this. We'll work on that. Or the other, like you said, oh no, we can get, we can do this, we can do this. And then three or four months later, they come to us. We, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. They're lucky if they didn't plan the wedding already, right? Because you can't return the wedding presents and the, and the gown and all the rest of that stuff. You know. Mm. Well, that that happens. That happens from time to time for sure, definitely. That's why we think it's so important that they go through the class. So they'll understand you get, did you, did you were you guys here when you went through the class? No, no. we were
2: we were in uh, New York and so we had to-
3: We actually
1: did not go through the class. And this is so interesting because everything that you're saying, I'm like, I wonder what would have happened. Where would, because I know what, how I believe we were eight, nine years ago, but I'm like, we, we met with Bishop and we had a semi-class with him. Right. Um, And so that was our premarital before he he married.
2: Yeah,
3: that was the sign on. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we didn't go through Faithfuls and we had a book and the book had what we. Our book had like work.
2: It was like a workbook. workbook. I swear by that book because it was, but we had to go through the whole book and Lindsay's mom was, uh, she's the one who found it. And she probably asked your advice about it. And so it was work, workbook after workbook. We had to do it. Uh, we, we did, did it, like it every. We had to do it every
1: day. We were on the train doing it. It was a list of questions. It was his and hers. You you did it by yourself sometimes and you come together and you look at the answers. You, it was you almost like score. the New wed game. Yeah, it was scored
2: uh, In a workbook form. So the,
1: the thing about it is, is I feel like what's more important is the tools that you need. And the strategies that you need for a successful marriage. And so even though like not everyone came from a home, a two-parent home or That's a true. home that spoke well of each other and had right. the, the upbringing of a healthy marriage, not everyone sees that, right. not everyone has that. Um, and so then they need, the might individually and together, they might need help. They might say, right. okay, these are the tools that we want you to work on. And yeah. so I wonder if that's something that you give them almost as like homework assignments. Absolutely. Okay.
3: Absolutely. The mentors, yeah. the mentors teach the class and they always have lots of questions. We try to answer as many questions. We'll uh-huh. say, you guys need to work. The biggest thing is oneness. Communication is the, is the undergirding of everything. <laughs> the Communication is not right. I have this book in my office. In fact, I don't have the book. I have the workbook. Because so many people came and borrowed and or stolen the book. I have, I have <laughs> mm. it. It's called Communication, Sex, and Money. Okay. okay. I'm going to write that down. Wow, the yeah. Section. The premise of that book is if either one of those three things are out of whack, the relationship is in peril.
2: Mm. Okay. If
3: money is bad, it's gonna be, communication is going to be horrible. It may not be much sex. <laughs> there <laughs> it is. If your sex is whack. <laughs> It don't matter how much money you have, you know.
0: Yeah.
3: And if the communication is bad, it all just it, it all meshes together. Yeah. And so you learn a lot of that stuff. You have to. You get taught. You get instructed, but you have to learn it by doing, by living it, as you go through this life. Cause this life is no joke. Come on. It is no joke. I I I never forget when my mother passed away. Uh, she was 68 years of age. She passed away 10 years after my father passed away, who was also 68 years of age. Wow. Mm. And three years after my mother passed, Barbara's mother passed away, who was also 68 years of age. Mm. Well, I went through the rest of my life saying, like, 68 is the death number. Well, I'm yeah. I'm 73, I got past that, so I'm trying to hold on as much as I can, you know. But little things, here's one of the biggest complaints I get from most of the women. And they they talk about this sometimes in the classes. I get them in the the exit interviews. He doesn't talk. He clams up, he wants to communicate with me. And so they get upset about that. I said, have you ever asked him, number one, did he grow up with a father in the home? If he did, was his father communicating or was he just as quiet as he was? That's the only thing he has to go by. He doesn't know anything else. So you have to learn how to help get him through that process so he can become a communicative personality if he starts talking too much it's on you because he never did it <laughs>
1: <laughs> you wanted it
3: <laughs> there you go but then you have to do that if you don't communicate you don't talk I know there's a lot of non-verbal communication that goes on in life mm-hmm. yeah. a whole lot of stuff you have to talk about
1: right right and
3: see, if he doesn't do that sometimes it's not that he doesn't want to he just doesn't know how mm. so you have that stuff you have to do that's real stuff
2: wow I guess my last question would be uh If it was a, if you were talking to a couple or you saw a couple and they were interested in, in moving forward, but they're a new couple, uh, what, what would your advice be to a couple who's not engaged yet? They're thinking about it. Uh, would you just say like, what, what would you like out of all your wisdom, Mm -hmm. out of all your experience? And they were like, we're looking for you for advice. What kind of
3: advice would you give? Mm Mm-hmm. First thing I would tell them is you got to make sure, number one, that you actually love each other. You just don't like each other. You love each other. Hmm. That's, that's at the core. Once you get that established, then you have to say, okay, if we're going to get married, we need to understand what marriage is all about. Yeah, you may have parents that have been married, but their marriage may not have been the best. And that would be your only uh, 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 pattern for that. So you need to go through that and you need to talk, talk to married couples. Talk to married couples that have been married for four or five years. Talk to married couples that have been married 40 years. You'll get different perspectives and it'll help you understand the challenges in the whole situation.
1: That's one of the things, one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to share and give different perspectives and new ideas and groundings and foundations so we are so grateful that you were able to join us
3: thank you so on this much
1: episode thank, you, thank I just, you I just I just
3: put an invitation when you guys start your own church Amen. I want to okay. <laughs> No, but, we, uh, might, we, we might we might be coming
2: uh when we get back to cali you might have to turn be mentors over there. I was gonna say, we'll yeah. take the
3: road, You know now, by the time you get back here it'll be time for us to have it's well, time now to have some new marriage mentors for us.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's we right. would love to.
3: <laughs> so thank you
2: so much, Pastor Jordan. You know, um, we you love you so
3: much to you. Now Elizabeth, you know today is only Wednesday, right? You don't have to be yeah. talking to your mama now on Saturday. You know, you know, <laughs> I, so know, mama, I know, I know.
1: Saturday. We
3: love you. I love care. you. Much respect and love to you. Much success to you. And uh, I'm waiting for you to get a Tony some kind of you way. Know, <laughs> okay.
1: Done. Thank you. <laughs> All
3: right. Take care. Love you both. Talk to All you right. Love you, too. Time. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching us. If you're watching on YouTube, because we are on YouTube now, um, or if you're listening to us, thank you for joining us on this episode, First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage Podcast. You can reach out to us. Instagram, first comes love TCM.
2: TikTok. first comes love TCM. Yes. (laughs) And you can always call the voicemail at 412 love pod. That's 412-5683-763.
1: Email us, please email us. Like, write to me. I love letters. Let's talk at first comes love, then comes marriage.com. See you next
0: Friday.